Wow, wait a minute, we're back in the studio. What is this? It's what's what? this sound? What? I know you. I know you. I mean, it's been a minute. Beards but do are you longer. know yourself? Yeah. Artist oh, of all that's the that's the um the epic saga of life, isn't it? Hey guys, it's the Great Debates. We're back and we're gonna get right into it with micro debate, suggested by our dear friend Steve Healy. Who's going to take the pro? All right. Oh, interesting. Feels but, like an inside job that he gets to I just set I himself up. I didn't know which side I was taking. I don't. I don't even know what the topic's going to be. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. We should just jump into it. Four minutes on the clock. Healy Four. Pro. Four minutes on the clock. It's better to be a seven foot tall woman than to be a four-foot-tall man. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. A seven-foot-tall woman is going to be extraordinary. You're going to have an extraordinary life. There's just no question about it. Can that be a burden sometimes? Absolutely. Yes, people are going to be looking at you. Everywhere you go, people will notice you. It's not for everyone, but I think that is a life of extraordinary possibility, extraordinary joy, the joy you'll bring to children, to families. You have a very strong shot of making it to the WNBA if you like college basketball at the highest level volleyball you're poised for a lot of sports you can take or leave that as you will but more than anything you're just going to stand out like a lighthouse you're going to be a signal to other people and that's tough sometimes to stand out i'm not saying it's not without its challenges but a four-foot man will be ignored he will be passed aside he's not small enough to be like famously small nor is he big enough to be standard size or within one standard deviation of normal size so i would say it's preferable to be a seven foot woman that'll be my opening statement more to come dave what let's hear what you have to say okay that was weird there are i'm just warning you i'm holding arguments in reserve cool <laughs> there are to my knowledge no seven foot tall women on the planet Earth. So I great. Could be You're wrong one about of a that. kind. Well, I would then say that like <clears throat> to be one of a kind in this way is chances are going to be a detriment to your general well being in life. You said that they could that there's like a variety of sports that's available to them. That's not true. It's really just basketball. No, volleyball. And- well, volleyball is going to be much more difficult for them to excel at than basketball. There's a chance. But also, there's Duh, like women's professional volleyball, to my knowledge, is very difficult to make Soccer a living goalie. at. That would be cool. Well, the height is not necessarily <clears throat> that advantage. What I think we're getting a little... I don't think this you matters are. that much. Okay, well, if you want to talk about it, like a soccer goalie yeah, is a bad, is not it. a good career choice for a seven foot tall woman because it would be just as good to be a six foot tall woman who's good at jumping. Passion? What's that? What if it's her passion? What do you think the chances are How that the passion of a seven foot tall, t- foot tall woman is going to be goaltending a soccer goal? You don't think there's some freak dilettante fashion designer out there who's going to just love dressing this woman, using her as a model, having her be his muse? Okay, so all of these things that you're saying, like, here's what it comes down to is that, like, yeah, it's possible possible that she could be a runway model or a uh, a basketball player but 
what basically, unlike the four foot tall man, her life's path is going to be predetermined by her, I would say, like absurd height or what a like blessing. record breaking age of too much I would choice point to people to, like wait, Dave, if I may, sure. in this age of too much choice and you can do anything and freedom is overwhelming us and everyone is feeling it. It's this low hanging, buzzing electricity of anxiety that we all feel. Because there's too much freedom. What a joy it would be to have your life be sort of filtered and preordained. Not that you don't have freedom and choice, but that a path has been selected for you by uh, God or the or nature or whatever you will. That you're a seven foot tall woman. And yeah, you're going to have to go along that path. But what you do with it is beautiful. It's okay, like an art so, form. It's like uh, a haiku. I, right. An it's not like a haiku at all. <clears throat> That's ridiculous. I don't think any of our with listeners or Medina would go along with you on that. History has proven that in these sort of like extreme uh, cases of height or whatever, like uh, Andre the Giant, Jorge Mirazan, people do not end up living happy lives. Andre They're the Giant tortured. was great. It was great. He was having yeah, a blast. He was tortured by his... He, he, he entered challenge of people. He was fun to other do. people. He didn't have a happy life. Medina. Talk. Boy, it's so good to be back. It is good. I feel like we could have kept going. We, we could have gone. We, could, yeah, we were just getting somewhere. And that's the problem. It was a micro debate. Everyone knew that going in. I'm going to go with Healy on this one, who <sighs> succeeded at managing the clock, I think, in a way that maybe Dave didn't. Maybe. Because I feel like he drug you into an argument about sports that didn't get I know. You that's my fault. You're anywhere. right. That was my fault. I drug myself into that. Yeah. We well, didn't get into the issue of gender at all, which mm. I was afraid of. Oh, sure. well, meaning what? Well, like, there's also, like, you know, woman versus man. What are the challenges there? Like, you know, maybe we're minus points or plus points just from your gender assignment. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, right. You're, you're saying that you could make an argument that it's just harder in general to be These two hypothetical creatures are two different genders. Yes. That didn't really seem to come into mm, play. Mm. We were talking about a... Oh, a tall human well, versus a short I guess versus it shortness. did yeah. and I guess we're sort of top abouting him now yeah it did in, to the with res, or I'm sorry I'm losing my words it did to the extent that being this a seven foot chat. tall this woman this is post chat this is post chat it's not host chat yet no. pre host chat post chat is traditionally pre host chat because post chat comes before host chat that's right yeah and they but, share a lot of the same letters and yeah yes that is confusing I admit but I didn't name them I think you <laughs> did. on a telephone you might be asked to spell it out. Right, right. Post, po- po- post no, chat. With post. I'm e. sorry. Could you repeat that? As in postal service. Post chat. Oh, I see the error now. I thought you yeah. said host no, chat. No, yeah, that'll come later. What I was going to say was it did come up <laughs> to the extent that there are seven foot tall men. I don't think there are any seven foot tall women. I could be wrong about that, but I think that would be record breaking. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about that is that maybe could have been discussed more is that, you know, men are generally more physically variant than women. And to is that, that true? It, well, yes, of course. In their height range. That's the distribution of height, the standard deviation for a man is much larger than the standard deviation for women. Really? Yeah, the same is, is true of like most of physical the... attributes. I mean, I remember learning this in evolutionary biology. I think the science still holds. I could be wrong. Mm. 
But the basic idea is that like women are choosing men. Women have all the power. Mm-hmm. They're choosing which men to partner up with. And some men are like losers and some are amazing. Mm-hmm. And women are more the not that there isn't variance, but they're generally less. You think variant. women are more powerful than men? Mm. Of course. Yeah, clearly. I mean, not in a, in a from an evolutionary biology perspective. Yeah, absolutely. From a perspective of like mating, generally, yeah. Especially like now. Maybe I'm get maybe I'm gonna get some calls about this. I hope so. Do you think there's something problematic about that? Now I we're in host know. chat. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation. <laughs> but you seem reluctant to like speak on this. Like you think it may be dangerous to say that women are more powerful from like a mating perspective. I think that um, perhaps in a purely laboratory setting or on like the 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 African savanna twelve thousand years ago, maybe. But I think. Oh, see, I think the opposite. Okay. Probably. All right. Mm. I think the. That back then, boy, this is this is probably Keep not going. a good thorny. thing to Take talk it about. To the thorny, there's thorny, nothing thorny. Too, there's nothing too thorny for the debates. <sighs> what are the chances that a seven foot tall man? I'm just going to change the topic. Okay. What are the chances that Wise. a seven foot tall man ends up playing in the NBA? If you're born in America and you're going to be seven foot tall, oh, I think it's like one in eight or something. I think right? it is it's very, two, right? It's, you're most. You're probably. Well, not probably, but it's you're gonna they're gonna take a yeah. look at you. Right? I would be interested for someone to write in with that that stat. How many seven foot tall men are there in the U.S.? How many end up playing basketball? Dave, I thought you would could hit you me. play water polo also? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That would Wait, why is that? Why is that good? I don't know because yeah. you can like oh yeah, your, your oh, reach you're yeah. out of the yeah. water with a big reach. And... I thought you were gonna hit me with a seven foot woman probably has a medical problem. Right, mm-hmm. she probably got some pituitary whatnot. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That could be. I, I guess think. that. I mean, I did bring up Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. His life was compromised in part because he had a medical condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that it's a more likely than a four foot tall man having a medical problem. So we have moved from post chat to host chat. I we said have. that. Cool. Great. Yeah. Guys, we've been away. Why? No, it's fine. Why have we been away? Well. Seasons, the seasons you change, know, man. It's just we're all growing, and we've got different lives now than when we first started. We were freewheeling bachelors. I'll tell you, is that you it? Know, getting a food truck breakfast and at like twelve o'clock, and ripping the great debates on a Sunday afternoon because no one had anything to do. You know, God, that's now we all got to cuddle on Sunday. Now we've all got we lives. have cuddle yeah, obligations. We have cuddle obligations. Is that it? Is it really that simple? Is podcasting yeah. a single man's game? Well, I don't know about that, but podcasting every <laughs> week is a single man's game, maybe. Yeah. With two other men, it makes yeah. it harder. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, are you going to bring the family on the tour bus when you're a rock and roll band? Mm-hmm. I hope so. Right. I hope so. Well, there's a family band scene. I could see Medina building a family band. That would be cool. It would be my dream. Dream come true, really. What do you think and Hazel might be able to play? Well, that's interesting. Um, she's... She's got a like a left hand SWAT thing going on right now. All right. So that could be um, like a conga drum. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the future, mm-hmm. or, bam bam kind of thing. Um, a slap it, bass, maybe. It could be. I, yeah. Maybe you could be family stomp, not even a band. I love that. <laughs> yeah. A we were talking today about what it, how great it would be to hand on the family stomp if she became a surfer, because I feel like. Uh, of all the sports to be a like a you know like a basketball parent or a gymnastics parent to be a surf parent yeah is kind of like you're just you go to the beach 
great point. It's you know? a, it's a dangerous one. Have you seen that Surfwise sure. doc? Yeah, I mean, I'm those sure. kids it's didn't end true. up so great. But that Probably. was a twisted family. Yeah, they were uh, a pretty good family. Oh yeah, and, you know. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully, it'd be cool. But I, that was just a fantasy I had today about what kind of family we could be. Surf family. Enjoying the fantasy. I don't really surf. I think I'm too tall, but but Hazel you know, could surf. Hazel might be just right. The key's probably to get her out there while she's young and unafraid. I think that's How it. How soon is too soon to I surf a child? A, f- a guy I know is a surfer, and he's had his kids out this weekend on the board, and one of them's 18 months. Damn. And the kid was trying to stand up and stuff. So, hmm? Well, we're California now, that's for sure. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we didn't come here to talk about our fantasies of surf. No, we didn't. We came here to debate because that's what people want to hear, and it's been a long time. And so I've got a topic for a sort of main, and we'll see how it plays out. All right. Uh, and that topic with Steve Healy taking the pro, I think. Mm-hmm. Happy is... to take pro, con, whatever. Kurt Cobain would not have embarrassed us. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Let's maybe try to. I think we should maybe start by like stipulating what we mean by this because I'm not. I'm not exactly okay. sure. Okay. Does that? Do we mean if he were still alive, he yeah. would not? Have Let's embarrassed. imagine Kurt yeah. Cobain puts down the gun right before killing himself. Okay. Continues with life. He's still alive now. He'd be probably what. I'd love to go like one day further back in time and not have to even imagine him putting a gun right. down. <laughs> Could we right, just imagine right. yeah, that sure. he wakes up that morning like just feeling better? Would he be well, like 50, I, okay, okay. 50 something? Not to argue no, the terms, is, this is but what I think this is important. a Kurt Cobain who had the gun to his head and put it down is going to be a different man than one who never picked up the gun. Very good. Okay, good. Stipulate. And also, by the way, I think he had suicide attempts previous to that. Certainly right. had thoughts and... Okay, so... I'd be 51, I think. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. He'd be 51. Is that right, Medina? Wow. What made Kurt Cobain such an icon? Charisma, talent, a beautiful face, a, a sort of magical uh, spirit. But more than anything, there was a sense of integrity. There was a time when we were peak Kurt Cobain that everything you were being sold was packaged and it was corporate. MTV was corporate. Music was corporate. Record labels were dominant. You just felt exploited. You felt like your emotions were being manipulated. And then along came Nirvana. And I think why they really struck such a chord going beyond even other grunge and emo kind of bands is the idea of integrity that these people were singing about and talking about feelings with real integrity and that they uh, had really spoke to a need to hear some honest kind of voice that was telling us something we needed to hear. Yeah, I'm in pain. This is bullshit. Teen spirit is ridiculous. We are being manipulated. It's possible to be young and depressed. Heartbreak is very real. These things were coming out true. It was a true voice from the American wilderness, the way Walt Whitman was, the way Hemingway was. Kurt Cobain was in that spirit, and we really needed that. And 
Would he have done things we wouldn't have liked? Would he have made errors? Of course, everyone does. He did in his own life and career, short though it was. But I think by and large, Kurt Cobain was guided by some kind of star of integrity, some kind of star of being true to himself and being true to his art. And he would have continued that way, especially having had the scare of being near suicide, surviving heroin addiction, I think you would have taken from that the lessons that a lot of people do of like, okay, now I need to really feel about what, what, how is life meaningful? How am I going to make meaning when I'm in a lot of pain? How am I going to get through the suffering of life? And I think Kurt Cobain would have continued to be an inspiration to a lot of people. Okay, so the last thing that you spoke about was the first thing that I was going to bring up, which was his heroin addiction. And this is like, you know, I don't know what the right way to talk about this is. This is like going to be kind of sad and whatever, but that's the reality. He was a heroin addict. Here's what I would submit, unfortunately, is that there's two scenarios. One is he continues to do heroin and survives. And I would say that if that's not embarrassing, it would be to be 51 years old and to have an on and off heroin habit for that long would be, I don't know what the word is, but I don't think we'd be getting the creative output from him that we used to. Well, is the word embarrassing? I think in some, I think that it would be like, I guess, yeah, to some extent. I'm going to, I want to jump in there. If you want to keep going with your open statement, you can stop me. But I just want to say that a guy who's 51, who has an on and off heroin addiction, who's fighting it, who slips back into it, comes out of it, struggles with it, it's sad, it's disappointing, it's painful, but I don't think that's embarrassing. And I think it's a little cruel and heartless for you to say that's embarrassing. He may feel it's embarrassing, but I think to us, his fans, we wouldn't find that embarrassing. We'd find it tragic. Well, I think the more sort of relevant thing, like, I I basically agree with you. But I think if we're talking about, like, what kind of art would he be making and would we still like it, I guess there's... I'll go to a larger point here, which is that pretty much everyone who's 51 and still making rock and roll is embarrassing to most of the time. There's very you think few Neil examples. Young's embarrassing? You think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think like a lot of Mick the stuff Jagger's that Neil Young did. You think yes. Paul McCartney's embarrassing? These yeah. guys embarrass ask you? Ask their children. Of course well, it's everybody's embarrassing. Everybody's embarrassing. You know, everybody's dad okay, is vaguely ask, embarrassing. Ask but. people who go, like, I mean, I went to a Who concert two years ago or whatever, and it was, like, kind of fun, but it also is embarrassing. I mean, like, here, for example, here's what, and they're way older than 51, but what's his name? Daltrey was like, hey, you, there's people smoking weed in the crowd, and it really... It's messing up with my vocal cords, guys. That's embarrassing. The lead singer of The Who is asking people not to smoke pot. That's the kind of thing that happens like when you get old. Also, like, yeah, of course Neil Young is embarrassing. He made a lot of bad music, especially once he got older. It's like embarrassing. I think and by the way, some... sorry, one of the most let me just since I let you go earlier. Let me say Fair. something about okay. Neil Young. I read Neil Young's autobiography, Waging Heavy Peace, which is, first of all, terrible and or, or largely terrible. And here's what happens when you get older is that he gets super into this lame tech 
technology called auto audio tone or pure tone or something. Half the book is about how he thinks he's going to revolutionize the world of digital music. And he's so far off base. And it is almost like the definition of embarrassing. This is what happens when rock and rollers get older. They lose touch. They sound lame. They don't get what's cool anymore. They start making embarrassing art. They have embarrassing causes like pure tone. He like you should read some of the stuff he writes about like I'm going to hook this up in every car in America and everyone's going to have the perfect sound system because I invented it. And you're like this is embarrassing dude. You're so far behind the times and you don't get it at all. You're coming at this from a place of such mean spiritedness and also you're not really reflecting on yourself. Like you're still engaged with Neil Young. You're reading his book. You're interested in his work. Did he go down a path that's like he's really passionate about something that's not really working out? Okay, sorry. If you want to call that embarrassing, I call it whatever. If he's really passionate about it and having a good time, that's fine. It's uh, not. It doesn't connect and make anything for him reading the book. Do you I think, think it's he's like very in- close to the emotion I felt when I was reading about him. You felt embarrassed for a guy who has a passion that may, because you're so smart and wonderful that you know it's not going to work out. So you're embarrassed that he's not knowledgeable enough to know that. That's the embarrassment. Um, He's having I a good time it a little celebrating too, like, and or something. It was just like, it's almost you're like the guy being smug here, man. He's doing something he's passionate about. He's trying to share it. You read it and you're like, how embarrassing is technology never going to work. No, it was when, like te- Neil Young has accomplished more by the time he was 18 as you're going to do in your whole life. Like that's not embarrassing. He's not an embarrassment. He's a hero. Well, there's I'm sorry different that at the moment here. he's not achieving, you know, maximum whatever you want for him. But yeah, but if you're uh, gonna say if Neil Young walked in here, I would stand up. I'm not embarrassed by the guy. I have a lot of respect for him. Of course, you we're splitting hairs to some extent now. But there's a difference between like a human being being an embarrassment, and if Kurt Cobain were still alive, he would have embarrassed us. I'm not Im- like Neil Young has nothing to be embarrassed that, about, and yet at the same time, he did embarrass us. Like read the book; it's embarrassing. Let's Let's get off it's Neil like the Young. definition of embarrassing. Let's, okay, I've got another point to bring okay. up because you're right. Let's get off Neil Young. Courtney Love. Courtney Love is embarrassing. She has a lot to be ashamed and embarrassed of. She has like poor taste. She was clearly a bad influence on Kurt. If if he's still alive, hopefully, I guess they're still together. She would only continue to point him in a like you know, in an embarrassing direction because she, like, or, everything or she's there's di- a moment where I can't do a Kirk made impression, but he's just like, yeah, you know, Courtney has a lot of problems, but I really love her and she's the mother of my child and I hope she gets the help she needs. And he presents a model of how to lovingly and compassionately help a person that you really love. Who's obviously gone off the rails. He might have, but also, by the way, if Kirk Cobain survived, Courtney Love has a lot of talent and a lot to give. And she has a lot of, Power, a lot of charisma, a lot of musical ability. Maybe if Kurt Cobain had survived, it would have given her some steadiness. He, that could, she could have been uh, much more than she is. Here's We're what talking you're about stuck a, a on, Healy, And I think the wording is unfortunate for you because can we read back the topic? Is it Kurt Cobain would have embarrassed us by now? You're stuck on the idea, Healy, that just because he may have done good things or may have chosen a virtuous, non-embarrassing path some of the time, that that means that he would have gone a hundred percent non-embarrassing but all he has to do to embarrass us is to make some embarrassing choices dare i say one embarrassing choice so sure he may have said those things about courtney love but the percentage chance that courtney We've love would have forced him to do some embarrassing thing is way higher and once he does that game over i win he's embarrassed us. i respect your and like rabbinical so reading he, of the topic but actually like sure we've all done embarrassing things but like if, if you were to ask me dave 
would have embarrassed has embarrassed me by now it's like okay in a moment yes, yes but not yes, in correct. total right to, for the most part dave's brought me pride and honor and i'm glad to have him as a friend like, well it's interesting you say that because not three minutes ago you were lambasting me for not having accomplished as much as neil young did by the age 18 but regardless you yourself just admitted as long as you do something once that meets the definition of having embarrassed us i'll i'll go into my closing statement here which is that courtney love by now would have like encouraged kurt cobain to do something embarrassing like record a song for the suicide squad soundtrack or something that would make us all collectively groan that cultural embarrassment that makes us go like oh why is he doing this so that is such a bummer that the guy who is like the king of not selling out and as in your words integrity is you know becoming part of the mainstream in a way that he never would have dreamed when we were kids. It would be sad. It would be embarrassing. Everyone who's 51 ends up going down that road. Or it's a fucking cool, okay. beautiful song for the Suicide Squad soundtrack. Who knows? Like, this isn't about Kurt, Kurt Cobain would have never done anything bad or never failed or never come up short. It's he would not have embarrassed us. And yeah, if you want to split hairs, you could go with Dave and say if he ever did anything embarrassing for the rest of his life, then that counts. Or you could say that this guy would have led the rest of his life with integrity and would have made us proud and would have continued to be an icon and somebody we looked up to and somebody we found a lot of truth and strength in. And then you'd have to say, yeah, Kurt Cobain would not have embarrassed us. That's my mm. closing statement. That's why I like the great debates. Mm. It's, a, it's a treat to hear you guys go at it. I, I, I This one's going to sink in for me, mm. and I'm going to decide who I think won later. I will say... There were strong points on both sides. There were also points I didn't like on both sides. Mm. I did heels. I didn't Same. really like the whole like thing, <laughs> Neil Young rabbit hole because I think he he's getting embarrassing and I he don't brought think, up Neil Young. Yeah, but no, I think I you took you it did. too far. What could I do? And then King, I there was something. Oh, you know, here's the thing about the <laughs> Courtney Love argument. Yeah, is yeah. I don't know if it's fair. Or, I know, right? You know, there's so, something there though. That's I mean that's just some commentary that I've got. I don't yeah. know that. It really means anything guys i really enjoyed being back in the studio with you guys loved it it's so much fun I feel at it's home. great and um i'm uh, we're gonna keep uh bringing these to you guys uh so you'll have them every week and so i can feel confident in saying that we'll see you next week on the great debates The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.